0: True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week, we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Yes, that's right. We are alive. I am very glad to be back with you guys. This is Leo Rizzuti, and I do apologize about our long absence. Um, Had a little bit of health issues for a while there, and I do appreciate all the messages and emails, literally hundreds of emails that I've gotten from you guys over the last Few months. Um, but hey, I'm back now. Um, we are trying to get to, back to a semi regular schedule. Uh, as my health permits, I'm going to go ahead and record as many episodes as I possibly can so you guys keep the stories coming. That being said, I do have stories for you guys. You guys have continued to send me stories, which I really, really appreciate. And some of you guys have sent me messages asking me questions, which I try to be there for as many folks as I can, so I appreciate that from you guys. So without any further ado, let's jump right on into some stories. Our first story of the evening comes to us from Emily, and Emily sends it to us with the title of My Family's Hauntings. Okay, Emily, let's see what you sent us. Hi. I've been listening to your podcast for a bit now, and I figured I'd share some of my family's experiences with you. So, starting off, my family, since before I was born, has had some crazy things happen. For example, my mom, my dad, and my half-sister were living in this house that, at the time that they bought it, had wax melted on the walls, in the bathroom, in the bedroom, and just strange things found all over. If that wasn't bad enough, my half-sister, who was young at the time, was playing in my mom and dad's bedroom and looked into the open closet. The light was off, but she saw a figure that looked a lot like my dad was standing in the back of it. Apparently, the guy who had lived there before looked just like my dad. Long hair, beard, the whole deal, except he had red hair. She went into the living room where my mother was sitting and told her, Daddy is playing hide and seek in the closet. Apparently, my sister was white as a ghost. My mom could hear my dad blow drying his hair in the bathroom, so she instantly knew that it was not dad standing in the back of the closet. They packed up that day and got in the car to leave, but as they were leaving, my sister pointed out the window and said, There he is. He was sitting in the middle of the garden outside, cross-legged, watching them. They left and never returned. They're pretty sure that the guy who had lived there before was some kind of Satan worshiper or something, due to the purple wax they found melted on the walls, and he was perhaps astral projecting into the house, though they couldn't be sure about that. We moved in with my Meemaw and Papa into their house when I was around five years old in a small, nice neighborhood. My entire family kind of knew that something was up with it, though. Friends of my mom, aunt, and uncle studied demon books. My Uncle Josh was over with a friend in the neighborhood when he heard a little girl call his name. I was friends with the kids from next door, and one Sunday they were out and the house almost burned down. Later, rumor circled that the guy actually burned it down himself, saying he was told to. I was always rather intimidated by him. He didn't seem like a very nice dude. The house was never sold. My brother and his friends once broke in and said he saw some freaky stuff in there. He said he opened a closet and there was something sitting in a fetal position in the corner. He said it wasn't human. Growing up there, there was always something weird happening. My brother got the back room when he got older to himself. My sister and I shared a room that was converted from the garage. My brother went through a bad phase of Satanism. He drew pentagrams on the walls, made them his computer screensaver, and he was just starting to get into drugs, among other things. He once said that he was angry at my sister and one of his best friends, and he heard a voice say in his ear, why are you angry? He answered it, I'm angry at them. To which it replied, why don't you kill them? Obviously, it was a very scary time for my parents who said later on he'd actually thought about killing on several occasions. But at the time, he still loved them and trusted them. At one instance, my brother was alone at home, sitting in the bathroom, petting our main coon, Solomon. As he was petting him, he said he saw this figure whiz by the open door, so fast that it was like a blur. And he'd heard its footsteps, thumping so fast you could barely count them. It went straight into his bedroom. He wouldn't go in by himself to investigate, so he waited for my dad to get home, and they investigated together, finding nothing. He said the figure was tall, thin, and had this strange yellow color. I never liked being in the house alone, as I always felt uneasy. We had a pool in the backyard that was 12 feet at its deepest, and once we decided to swim. Every run was outside, so I ran in to go and get my bathing suit. Our bunk bed and dresser was located in my brother's room, so I was quickly digging around in the drawer in his room, trying to find my bathing suit. In my peripheral, I could see the bunk bed behind me, and the top bunk had a detachable metal grate, the kind to keep you from rolling off in the night. As I stood there, I watched it lift up, and then it slammed down onto the ground. I was out of there in seconds. My dad tried to play it off, saying that it was just loose up there and fell, but I know I saw it lift into the air. I think it knew I was uneasy, and wanted to scare me, as I was already scared being in the house alone. In another instance, my brother was sleeping, and we were doing renovations at one point. Bill slept with the music on quietly, like corn or cool. There was an open space on his wall, right flush with the ceiling that looked into the shower, but not enough to see who was in there, just a small hole. He could hear when people showered and often conversations or what have you. He said that he heard a young girl singing to corn, which he assumed was my older sister. But she got out of the shower and approached his door still singing. When the song ended, she giggled and disappeared. He later asked me, my sister, and my mother if any of us had showered that morning. We all said no. Even after we moved into our newly built house on our property, my brother often heard voices in his room, had numerous sleep paralysis events, and other things like that. One of the more notable events was when my brother was sleeping on his stomach, and he said he woke up unable to move. He felt a presence climb up onto his back and align their legs with his. He said his face was being turned to the side, and he could see this creature, this burned looking skinless thing now it might have just been one of his more terrifying sleep paralysis hallucinations but he said this thing just kept shoving its face into his no matter how he turned his face it would keep shoving its face into his vision he awoke the next morning with a red rash covering the places where the thing had touched him my brother has long since turned from his satanism And he's now striving to be a pastor but occasionally things still come back to taunt him those are my stories and my family's stories i have full belief that my family has seen everything they claim and especially my brother because i've heard a few recordings he took of the thing mocking him it's quite scary and i can't imagine anyone wanting to have something like this oppress them Wow, Emily, that is a scary group of stories you got there, and it's a lot of information all at once. Um, Let's see if we can dig into that a little bit. Uh, First things first, the first house you mentioned, the purple wax all over, um, it doesn't sound like it was a fun place to be, whoever lived there before you guys. Uh, I know I have, when I was doing home renovations, I had a couple of rental houses that had the same kind of thing that had wax thrown all over the place. And what it was was literally where people would get drunk, get high, get mad at each other and throw candles at each other. So whether it was paranormal or not, it was probably not the best place uh, to be in at the time. But the thing is, is that the violence in that place, whether it was the guy that you talked about or whether it was uh, something acting through him, definitely was not a good sign. And... Probably a good idea that you guys got out of there as fast as you did. Um, Sounds like definitely your brother was being oppressed, either by maybe a a spirit or a negative entity. Um, I don't want to say one way or the other because I don't know the whole situation, but definitely doesn't sound good. The only problem is with your parents being as dismissive, especially your dad, as he was, that really doesn't help situations. Um, A lot of times parents being dismissive They're trying to protect their kids. Maybe they know something's going on. Maybe they don't. They think their kids are just using their imagination. But in any case, it's never a good thing. Uh, Your brother had the sleep paralysis, which is pretty common in cases where people are being oppressed, which I definitely think your brother was, whether it was, like I said, from a spirit or from an actual entity. But the thing is, the difference with sleep paralysis, because sleep paralysis is a natural phenomenon where people coming out of sleep or going into sleep sometimes find their bodies unable to move. Science isn't really sure exactly what causes it. Some people have the theory that it is a defense mechanism by your body to essentially prevent you from rolling out of bed or rolling into a situation 90% of sleep where it would be dangerous for you. But the biggest difference in that and what your brother experienced was the fact that whatever it was that was attacking him left a physical presence. So that definitely is a sign that whatever was going on, it was definitely nothing good at all. And um, if you ever see, if you guys ever see any signs like that, if you ever have a sleep paralysis event uh, and you do have some kind of physical markings, you definitely want to see what's going on with that. Don't just dismiss it. But it's good to know that your brother's turned away from his previous behavior, especially scary where he's talking about voices telling him to kill people, things like that. A lot of famous demonic possession cases have stemmed around people killing other people simply because a voice or an entity told them to do it. So it's good that he got away from that. But you mentioned that he still has this thing sometimes taunt him. Even if you get away from the oppression, even if you stop the behavior that is perhaps feeding into that oppression, it will not necessarily stop something from oppressing you. So unfortunately, it is something that can attach itself to you uh, and it can continue to bother you for the rest of your life. So hoping that your brother eventually gets away from that and that it stops, it If he keeps on the path that he is on, I feel pretty confident that it will eventually stop. But you just you never know. At any rate, Emily, I do appreciate you sending us your stories. They were absolutely incredible. Our next story comes from a listener named Patrick. And Patrick did not give a title to his story. He did send a note beforehand, though, uh, saying that he listens to the podcast on Spotify And if we could please upload some more episodes onto Spotify. Um, I'm not actually sure how Spotify works. I know that we do broadcast with them, but I think that they just feed off of whatever episodes we have posted. So hopefully you're getting more episodes, Patrick. And uh, if not, hopefully this episode will air on there. But at any rate, uh, Patrick sends a story to us. Let's see what he gave us. I like listening to your podcast. I have a story to share with you. You can call me a skeptic if you want to. I used to work for the state, and when they closed the facility down, I had to go find work somewhere else. I landed a job as a janitor, so all my benefits followed me, which I'm thankful for. I worked at the middle school, and the school is still being used. It was built in the 1930s, first as an elementary, and then they added to it and turned it into a high school. At that time, you could smoke in the building. We had an athlete that was really good in his sport, and he smoked as well. He had a health condition, and he passed away. The funeral home couldn't hold the crowd, so they moved it to the auditorium at the school, which could hold up to a thousand kids. When I started, we had these dog keys for the light switches, and I was having trouble turning off the lights, and I wasn't challenging the spirits, but I asked if you could turn off the lights that would be great but nothing happened I guess the spirit was laughing at me and watched me cuss I had to open the school one morning I was going around unlocking doors and turning on lights and as I was turning the corner to the main floor I heard people talking I thought it was the cafeteria ladies doing breakfast and when I walked into the cafeteria I was the only one there I shrugged it off and continued with turning on the lights and unlocking doors. Some workers there have seen people smoking in the hallways and nobody's there. Like, they see outlines of them or entering the building and smelling cigarette smoke. And again, nobody is there. Before transferring to another school, I used to get these vibes in the auditorium while cleaning it. And I actually used to get my co-worker to come with me while I cleaned in there because the vibe was still there but not as strong. One side note, I'm married, and when I go to my in-laws' house and walk into their grandfather's office, I get vibes in that room as well. So I don't enter that room. Wow, Patrick, that's um, that's a cool story. Uh, I know I have worked in schools, and first off, the especially older schools, they definitely are usually a very hot spot for activity, Not really sure why. Uh, Obviously, in your case, you had an athlete that died at the school, and there might be some activity stemming from that. But that being said, schools, for whatever reason, tend to be a little more active. Um, We first said to call you a skeptic, which I think everyone should be a skeptic. Uh, As much as, you know, when you send in your stories, I 100% believe whatever you guys send us because I wasn't there to witness what you guys have witnessed, and I just take you at your word. But if you're having your own experiences, you should definitely approach it with a skeptical eye just so that you can more easily filter real activity from maybe natural occurrences and things like that. Usually getting back to the schools and the spirits there, usually the spirits that we find in schools are a little more playful. I'm not sure if that's because they're the spirits of kids or if it's because of the environment or the energy there, but they tend to be a little more Toying with people and a little more rambunctious, not necessarily trying to scare you, just messing around just the way kids would if they were alive. I will say if activity is strong enough for you to pick up on weird vibes, uh, it could also indicate that you, Patrick, are actually sensitive. Uh, I'm not sure how well you would respond to that, but if you work in a place and you get a weird feeling from that and then you go to your in-laws place and you get a weird feeling from a room there definitely is pointing to maybe you being a little bit sensitive to any kind of activity and that maybe if you want to build on that you can if you don't want to you already have learned enough to know just to avoid those kind of places Um, so that would be my best advice and that's actually how most people would react if you go into a place and you get a weird feeling from it, most folks are apt to avoid it, which is maybe the best advice that we can give if you aren't prepared to deal with something that might be there. At any rate, Patrick, I do appreciate you sending your story. It was awesome. You're an absolute rock star, sir. Okay, our last story of the evening comes to us from Maddie. She's titled it, I still to this day can't explain these things. Okay, Maddie, let's see what you brought for us. Hi, my name is Maddie. I am a girl who isn't completely sure if anything paranormal is real. But when I was in fifth grade, I would hang out with a friend named Claire. She always told me that her house was haunted. And even though I never really believed her, I would go along with it so I wouldn't make her feel like I thought she was crazy. But... One day, something happened that I, still at age 18, can't find a scientific answer for. We were getting ready to go swimming, and we decided to change in her room. She shut and locked her door because she had an older brother and didn't want him accidentally walking in, even though we were taking turns changing in her small walk-in closet. I went in first and changed, and then came out and sat on her bed while she went in and changed. Let me explain what her room was set up like. When you walk in the door, which is at the right corner of her room, if you look to the left, the long side of her first bed was against the wall that the door is on. The end of the bed was right next to the door. The door also opens so that the opening side is facing the bed, so when you open the door too hard, it smacks into the wall. I was sitting at the end of her bed when, all of a sudden, the door was opened. It scared me and I jumped up like a bullet and ran, not even a foot, over to the opening door, thinking her brother was coming in. Again, I'm pretty damn sure she locked the door, but I might have been wrong. The AC had been on throughout the day and it was hotter than hell outside, but at the time that this had happened, no fans or the AC were running. When I looked out into the hallway, no one was there. At first I thought it had been the dog and that she hadn't locked it after all. This is because she had a huge dog, and the door handles were the silver ones that you push down. Because of this, if the door wasn't locked, her dog could use his paw to push down the handle and open the door. Sometimes he would just open the door, look at us for a few minutes, and then trot back down the hallway. We thought it was hysterical. But then I realized it hadn't even taken me two seconds before I had shot off the bed and looked out the door meaning that there was no way that he could have opened the door and gotten away that quickly, even if he had run. That scared me, and when Claire came out, she asked me what I was doing. I told her about what had happened, and she said, Oh, yeah, that's Chica. She's really mean. She then asked if I had ever wondered why she only wears one-piece swimming suits. I hadn't, but I asked her why. She then proceeded to pull her swimming suit down to her hips and turned and showed me her back. It was covered in scratches. They looked new. She said that Chica had given them to her last night and every morning she would wake up with new ones. Let's just say I never went over to her house again. I also live with my mom and there are many things that go missing, especially one of my mom's bras now when things go missing my mom always looks at me because i would take things from her many years ago when i was younger but this year one of my mom's new bras went missing off the drying rack in the basement she looked everywhere including the drying rack for it but never found it later that day she came home and went downstairs to do some laundry and found it hanging back on the drying rack she got upset at me thinking that i had taken it which I responded with, why would I take one of your bras? I never took it. We got in a screaming match that ended with me wanting to end my life. As things like this, where she thinks I did something that I didn't do and won't believe me when I tell her I didn't, have happened so many times and I felt like I couldn't take these screaming matches anymore. I still don't know what happened with the bra to this day. There was also a more recent thing that happened at my mom's this year. I'm 18 right now and will be turning 19 this coming July. I know from your podcast that most times when there is a poltergeist activity, it normally relates to young girls around my age that are under large amounts of stress or depression. I can't remember the exact ages you gave, but I have struggled with depression since I was a sophomore, maybe a freshman in high school, I don't know. My depression has come in many shapes as normal depression to crippling depression to raging flare-ups or me being short with my parents all the time, to full-blown anxiety attacks at school and at home. Anyway, my mom accidentally left her door open before she went to her Sunday meeting. When I woke up that morning, I saw her door slightly ajar, and I thought maybe she was still sleeping, which was weird because she's always up way before me. I knocked to see if she was okay, and she didn't answer. This worried me as, Her side of the family has had heart and stroke issues around her age. I poked my head into her room, and when I realized that she wasn't there, I remembered that she went to her meeting. I left it open because I thought that maybe she had wanted to leave it open for some reason. When she came home and saw her bedroom door open, she was furious with me. I tried to explain that I had only popped my head into the room because I thought she was still asleep, and I thought it was weird, so I checked to make sure that she was okay, and... Then realized that she had left it open before she left for the meeting. She didn't believe me and told me that I had gone into her room to look. But for what? I don't know, but that's what she thought. This also ended with the screaming match and me having suicidal thoughts. I still don't know who or what left her door open. My mom and I being the only ones who lived there, as my parents got divorced only shortly after they adopted me as an infant. But I don't like it at all. I've never thought of the last two as even possibly being related to a paranormal presence. Please help me figure out what is happening and if any or all of this was paranormal or not. I feel like something has been turning my mom and I against each other for years, and I just want it to stop. Wow. Maddie. Whew. So much stuff there. Um, first off, thank you very much for sending us your story. Um, everything in it is was absolutely incredible. Um, and just like I told Patrick, it's a good thing to be skeptical. You should always be skeptical going into stuff, never a bad idea. Um, don't be so skeptical that you turn a blind eye to things that might actually be happening, but definitely go in with a skeptical eye to begin with. So let's break this down a little bit. Um, the first part of your experiences, uh, at first it seems pretty typical, you know, you're in your friend's house and the door opens, but nobody's out there, typical haunting. But then the, um, the scratches on your friend's back is very upsetting to say the least. And it's usually a sign of something uh, malevolent, obviously. I mean, benevolent spirits don't scratch people's backs or, or harm them in any way whatsoever. Um, malevolent spirits on the other hand, You'll get scratched, you'll get bit, you'll get hit, you'll get pushed, you know, things like that. So, definitely big red flags there, even though it's a while ago. But especially with them recurring, uh, you said your friend said that this was happening essentially on a daily basis. That is a really, really, really bad sign, which makes me wonder. You said her dog was opening the door, so I'm wondering now if her dog was doing that. As a protector, uh, dogs are generally very cognizant of any kind of paranormal activity happening around them. Cats, too, but dogs a little bit more. And I'm wondering if the dog was opening the door to see if everything was all right or to see if a spirit was in there. So that kind of makes me have some questions about that. Um, but at any rate, I definitely wouldn't want to stay over at your buddy's house <laughs> there again either. I uh, Can't blame you for that. And it does sound like there is maybe something going on at your house. Um, And yes, most of the kind of activity that you're experiencing uh, can be usually centered around younger people. And usually girls, not always girls, but for whatever reason, usually girls between the ages of 12 and 20. um, There is a theory, and I kind of have... Bought into this theory that it is tied into puberty and specifically the activation of your pineal gland, which is a small gland actually in your brain that activates at the time of puberty. And a lot of people have described the pituitary gland as the third eye, have tied that into psychic phenomenon, into things like uh, visiting the astral plane, out of body experiences, things like that. But if the pineal gland has any kind of An impact psychically on the world around you it definitely could be a cause of stuff of course any kind of activity like this is stressful whenever it's happening to everybody involved in the house especially if there's only two people in the house each person thinks that it's the other one causing it you're going through puberty or you're right at the end of puberty and that's already stressful enough as it is but then you pile this on top of it and it makes it super super uh, stressful. On the plus side, the activity as you get older should fade. That's been our normal experience with this. Doesn't mean it's going to 100% of the time, but I would definitely look for it to fade as you get older. But, please, do not, under any circumstance, let this stress build up to a breaking point, which it sounds like it has a couple of times with you. Um, I'm very, very glad that you reached out to us with that. But, um, I want you to try to find someone, whether it's a friend or a teacher, a pastor, somebody, anybody in the community near you that or even not necessarily near you that you can reach out to on a regular basis that can be a support for you and that you can trust to talk to. Um, And I don't just give you this advice. Anybody who's going through anything stressful like this, find somebody that you can confide in. Find somebody that you're not having to keep things a secret from or that your frustrations that you don't let them just build up because we all need an outlet for things. If you just let it sit there and fester inside of you, it's first off, it's not going to be any good for you health wise. But then it's also, if there is activity going on, it's going to cause that activity to ramp up because it's going to feed off of your energy. Remember, Marty, you are special. Um, And I really don't want to see somebody as special as you entertaining dark thoughts about yourself. Um, And I don't want your mom to either. So make sure that you keep the communication lines between you and her open. Uh, Just remember, the world is a much better place because you are in it. And if you ever feel like it would be worse without you in it, either send me a message. Uh, I'm on Facebook pretty regularly so you can message me there or like I said try to find somebody local that you can just kind of get close to and can be an outlet for you okay I do appreciate you sending us your stories and they are absolutely incredible. I'm want to make sure though that you are in the safest place possible. So appreciate that Maddie you are an absolute rock star. Well guys that is going to do it for us for this episode. I want to thank Emily and Patrick and Maddie, or maybe it's Maddie, I feel bad because now I might have been pronouncing her name wrong the entire time. Uh, Maddie, Maddie, however you want to pronounce your name, you guys are absolute rock stars and I appreciate you guys more than you can possibly imagine. And I appreciate you guys listening to us too. Uh, it really means a lot to me. Like I said, that so many people reached out to me wondering what was happening and telling me that they loved the show. It really it inspired me to work back to where i could actually do the show again so i'm going to try to get episodes out as often as possible i'm going to try to be pretty regular with them but i can't promise anything but you guys keep the stories coming and we will do our best to uh, respond accordingly and make sure we get episodes out for us if you do have a story or an experience to tell you can reach us a couple ways we're on facebook at true paranormal the podcast that's true paranormal the podcast Just give us a visit there and give us a like and maybe even a review or something like that. But at any rate, if you want to reach out to us, you can either message us. There's a message me button there on the page or the best way is actually you can email us and that email address is trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. That's trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com and we will be glad to get your stories on the air. If you have any questions about anything, which a lot of folks do. The messaging is probably the best way for that. If you have stories, email is probably the best. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you happen to be listening to us on, be sure to give us a uh, a rating and review if you get a few seconds. Uh, If you give us five stars, that would be freaking awesome. And uh, maybe just a short review like, hey, this guy is really spooky and doesn't sound as much like a hick as I thought somebody from North Carolina might sound like. (laughs) But whatever you guys write, we really appreciate it. We love hearing from you guys. That being said, this is Leo Rasuti. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us this week. And join us next time for our next episode of True Paranormal, the podcast.